You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, Cardinal fans. I'm Ozzie Smith. Smith, corks one into right down the line. It may go. And you're listening to the Cardinals Insider Podcast. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. Here's your host, Brett McMillan. All right, here we go. First episode of 2019 on the Cardinals Insider Podcast. Welcome on in. My name is Brett McMillan. Glad that you have streamed or downloaded. Appreciate you listening to a little bit of a quick hitter today. Mike Schilt is going to be our guest. I caught up with him at the winter meetings. We covered several different topics, some of them having to do with baseball and his roster that he'll take into 2019. A couple of them having really nothing to do with the game specifically, but more just some get-to-know-you with the manager. I think that you will enjoy that. I know that I did. Also wanted to remind you that Cardinals Insider TV is back with host Ozzy Smith in 2019. Our first of 30 episodes comes at you the weekend of March 16th and 17th. You can check it out anywhere that you get Fox Sports Midwest, the Fox Sports Go app. Just go into their schedule section, search Cardinals Insider. It'll show you the multiple times per week that the show airs on Fox Sports Midwest. KSDK here in St. Louis every Sunday morning. And if you're listening to this and you live somewhere in the Cardinal TV footprint, if you get Cardinal games on TV, it means that there's probably a local affiliate that also carries Cardinals Insider in your city or town so the way to find out who it is, if you want to watch, want to DVR it, is just to visit cardinals.com slash insider. We also put our stuff on our Cardinals YouTube page. It makes it onto Cardinals social media. And, of course, cardinals.com slash video. Just select the Cardinals Insider section. That's where all of the content goes. Features from the show, discussions with alumni. Ozzy catches up with his friends all season. 30 episodes, the first of which drops the weekend of March 16th and 17th. As Paul Goldschmidt joins the Cardinals, it's been interesting to hear Mike Schilt publicly, and we won't hold him to it because it's early and a lot could change here. I mean, we've still got several weeks before camp opens, but he's kind of floated it. He did in Vegas in his big scrum that Goldie probably hit second or third and not fourth in this lineup. I thought that that was the biggest tidbit of news that came out of the winter meetings a couple weekends ago, or a couple weeks ago, rather. So we do talk some lineup with Mike Schilt. We talk about what it is he's enjoyed or what's maybe stood out to him about being a big league manager in his first offseason, what he's enjoyed doing in that offseason, even, even if it was something that uh, maybe he wasn't expecting at first, but something that really has meant a lot to him. So we touch on that as well. Plus, it's his first ever winter meetings that he'd attended. I couldn't believe that because he has been in pro baseball by my count since 2004, has been a scout, has been a minor league coach and manager, and of course has been a big league coach and now big league manager, but yet never had been to the winter meetings. It was my first winter meetings too, so I thought that was kind of cool to just have that little something in common with Mike Schilt. That's where we begin with Schilty, is talking about what he enjoyed about his first winter meetings. It's Mike Schilt on the Cardinals Insider Podcast. What's the day look like for you? Obviously, everybody knows what Mo and Gersh are doing up in the suite, but how do you spend your, your days at this? Well, the first couple of days were more relaxed. Today is Wednesday and, um, you know, more media obligation and more structured um, meetings for me. I uh, went to the replay meeting uh, yesterday with Chad Blair, our video um, technician, and that was positive and, and looking at what that looks like and how we move that forward. But 
you know, got in Sunday night and um, just got acclimated to what's going on, called up to a, to a front office dinner. And um, then Monday was pretty open for me. I didn't have a whole lot of responsibilities, kind of absorbing what's going on, soaking it up, uh, available for some updates of what we're doing in the front office, um, in our suite, talking about some things and uh, sharing some opinion. And, you know, quite honestly, I caught up on some things looking back and, and, and sent some emails and some notes to some guys and uh, on the staff and some players. So, you know, just... Um, just enjoying the whole process. As a baseball guy, first time here, what's been the thing to you that you've been most excited about? I'm sure that you've watched the coverage like most of us do, right. but to actually be here and, and take it in just as a fan almost, what's that been like? It's been great. You know, you look and you um, you see people, and I have a love for the game like all of us do, and, um, you know, people that have been in this game for, for 30, 40, 50, going on 60 years in some cases, and um, seeing people that you haven't seen or met or, um, and just appreciating the fact that um, a lot of history in this game and a lot of history of the game is here, and uh, I've enjoyed that quite a bit. Obviously, I'm sure you're excited to have Paul. He just seems like a just kind of gentle, humble guy. Your impressions of him as a person and your interaction with him so far? Yeah, I think humble is a great word, and um, you know, just a just a solid human. You know, it's a great guy, and all the reports and you talk to people, and you know, some of it you illicit and some of it is unsolicited and um, regardless of how you're hearing feedback about Paul Goldschmidt it's in glowing terms both as a um, professional player and as a, as a you know strong character human. You spoke about his defense a little bit earlier and your, your big scrum how does what he does both picking it over there and maybe the range that he brings how does that change how everyone to the right of him on that infield maybe can play? Yeah, I think I use the term residual benefit. I mean, he's a really good defensive player. He's worked hard at it, obviously, and takes pride in it. You're good at what you take pride in. And he's, he's um, like I say, he's cross the board professional. He's a good base runner, too. But, um, you know, there's a there's a benefit to what he does. He's going to take care of it, anchor his position. Also, he's going to give the ability for guys that feel more confident, maybe, and comfortable around him. As you think about the lineup, and I know people were asking about the mechanics of it, but is that something as a manager, like you're laying in bed at night and you've got a notebook and you go, oh, i got to write this one down, or uh, is it kind of a consuming thing or is it something that you put on the back burner and just let process kind of in the back? Yeah, it's more process related. You know, you, I'm a, uh, you know, I meditate on things, I think about them, and I do write things down. I haven't toyed with any lineups. So it's, I have some pictures of what that looks like in my head and some internal dialogue and then some external dialogue with with some of the staff and you know quite honestly um, there's just quite a lot of other things that are that are more relevant to what we're doing right now from a timing standpoint um, the lineup I enjoy and I appreciate and think about it's a big part of, of um, you know people identity to the team so to speak um, but the reality is we don't we don't craft one for another you know a little over two months so I think about it um, research a little bit what makes some sense and then um, you know but it's not Every day, like I feel like I got to write five different lineups out or think about it, because you know we're, you know we're in moving parts, so we'll we'll get closer to the season and the spring training, and, and we'll go from there. First off season as a manager, is there something that maybe has jumped out that you've enjoyed? Um, you know, maybe even if it's not baseball related, but just in your new role, what have you enjoyed this one? I've very much enjoyed getting in the St. Louis community. I've uh, I've got a home now and um, acclimating into St. Louis and just enjoying it quite a bit and but you know been able to go to different functions you know the Stan Usual Awards and Jack Buck Awards and and um, you know just a lot of different functions in, in the community try to give back and be a part of the fabric of the community and I just am enjoying that that you know St. Louis is a special place and a lot of, a lot of really really good people and and um, just reinforcing what passionate fan base we have and how people love it and how generational it is and um, 
no, it's been something I've really very much enjoyed. There you go, a quick check-in with Shilty. I hope that you enjoyed it. Hopefully we'll be able to get him on the program again here in 2019 as the baseball gets going. And the lineup talk at the winter meetings got me thinking about lineups in a different way. I couldn't sleep a couple weeks ago, and so being the baseball nerd that I am, I thought, well, as I try to fall asleep, maybe I'll think up my all-time Cardinals lineup. One through nine. This is Brett McMillan's lineup, not the club's lineup. Just want to be clear about that. This is me as a fan rolling this out there, not not some official thing that the Cardinals are doing. But I thought, hey, if you're listening to this, you're probably like me, which means that you appreciate baseball history, you appreciate Cardinals history, and I want to hear maybe what your nine is. You can send me an email, podcast with an S, at cardinals.com. There are tough, tough choices if you are just going one through nine. My my kind of rules that I gave myself were everybody obviously has to have a spot in the order and has to have a spot to play in the field. So if you want to, you can move your outfielders around a little bit. But really, I tried to keep a guy at his natural position no matter what decade of Cardinal history he was from. This is what my one through nine looked like. I would lead off with Rogers Hornsby. It's really tough call, I think, because you got another Hall of Famer in Frank Frisch, who you could make an argument for, and Chick Hafey was a very good ball player from the 20s as well. But anytime that you can hit 400 or better, I think that Rogers Hornsby gets the start to lead off and play second base. You could flip-flop the Raj with Lou Brock, who I have in the two-hole playing left field. It was tough for me to leave Joe Medwick off of the lineup. Because if you go back and look at what Medwick did in the 30s, I've always contended to, to a lot of people that uh, in, a, in a younger franchise that maybe hadn't been around as long as the Cardinals, Medwick would be kind of on their Mount Rushmore, and he was a phenomenal player here, won the Triple Crown, last National League player to do so, but you got to go with the base burglar in left field and hitting second. Albert Pujols, the first baseman. I would say Orlando Cepeda would get the honorable mention there. Musial played some first base as well. More on Stan in just a couple of moments, but Albert to me, clearly the guy that you slide in hitting third and playing first base. Speaking of Sam Musial, he's my right fielder. He played a couple different places throughout his career, but did have a significant amount of starts in right, and I've got him hitting cleanup. He's the greatest Cardinal of all time. There you go. He's in the four spot. Center field. This is where I think it got really tricky for me. It's the five spot. I go with Jim Edmonds. I think that you could make a great argument for Kurt Flood as well. He was a, an excellent defender and a really good hitter on some of the best teams in baseball history in the 1960s with the Cardinals, in my opinion. But Jimmy, because of that flair, that awesome gold glove, and the fact that he won his gold gloves when there were so many more teams in the league, not to take a single thing away from Kurt Flood, who is no doubt one of the great Cardinals of all time. This is splitting hairs here at my five spot, but I go Jim Edmonds. And I grew up watching Jimmy, so maybe that's part of it, too. Also grew up watching Scott Rowland. Again, a tough one, the sixth spot at third base. You could go with Ken Boyer, who is a Missouri guy and had a prolific career with the Cardinals, a really solid hitter, a big grand slam in the 1964 series against the New York Yankees. But I think that Scott Rowland, I've heard many people say he's the best third baseman they've ever seen in person. Again, maybe because I'm a little bit younger guy and I've got those childhood memories of Scott Rowland patrolling the hot corner, I go with Rowland over Boyer. But I have uh, respect for both of those guys, and I think that Ken Boyer probably doesn't get enough credit from the baseball world for really how good he was when he played here in St. Louis. Nonetheless, 
rolling as my third baseman on my top nine. Yadier Molina, the catcher, the GOAT. He's in the seventh spot. Uh, uh, I don't know how you could pick anybody else. I mean, there are some great, I mean, all-time great catchers in Cardinal history. You think about Ted Simmons, Tim McCarver. Uh, Roger Bresnahan was a, a great player back in, in his day, which was a long time ago, over 100 years. You've got a guy like Bob O'Farrell. He was the National League MVP in 1926. But I think that when you look at Yachty's career and, and when you look back even in 10, 15, 20 years, I think that it's just going to become more and more clear. He is the greatest backstop in Cardinal history. His longevity, too, just phenomenal with this franchise. Number eight, the host of our TV show, Ozzie Smith, the Wizard of Oz, the Gold Gloves, and became a better hitter as his career went along. I think that Ozzie is the guy who you slot in that eighth spot. And Bob Gibson over Dizzy Dean. I think that Gibby, because of how long he did it for, definitely uh, gets that yet start in this uh, imaginary lineup. And he could hit a little bit, too, for being a pitcher. He could hit a lot for being a pitcher, including a home run in Game 7 of the 1967 World Series off of Jim Lomborg and the Boston Red Sox. Gibby went the distance in that game, as he did many times throughout his career, and that gets him the nine spot and the start at pitcher for me. So again, it's Hornsby, Brock Pujols, Musial Edmonds, Roland, Molina, Smith, and Gibson. You may be screaming at your audio device right now going, how could you leave out fill-in-the-blank player? Again, this is me, a fan, not you know an official thing, but I thought you would find it fun to see what I came up with. I really deliberated a lot. There were some guys that I put on and I took off, and I was digging through baseball reference and looking at guys' wars. Um, these are the nine that I came up with. You could definitely make a case and could swap some guys out. And I even went on to make that full 25 roster. But when you start trying to make a bullpen out of all the Cardinal pitchers that you have over the years, it becomes really hard to compare eras and different things. But maybe we'll get some people on um, who are connoisseurs, I suppose, of Cardinal history. And maybe we'll do this one time this year. We'll say if you had to do 1 through 25, a, a lineup from Cardinal history to try to win a World Series, what would be the one that you would build? I think that could be pretty fun. Again, I'd love to hear your one through nine podcast with an S at cardinals.com. Our weekly episodes on this program out Tuesday, May 19th. That's the first of 28, 29, 30 or so episodes that we will do over the course of the baseball season. They come out every Tuesday in time for the ride home. The first one coming out on the 19th of March. Our next wintertime episode going to feature an in-depth interview, 35, 40 minutes with Bob Tewksbury. He was over at the Cardinals Museum for Flashback Friday, shooting to have that one out here uh, late next week as we near toward winter warm-up. I thought it would be kind of a fun appetizer to that weekend to hear from Bob Tewksbury. Speaking of the warm-up, on Sunday, January 20th, and Monday, January 21st, 2 p.m. each day, we're going to do a live basically TV show on Facebook Live. You can check it out, and we're going to have coverage both of the guys who are coming to the winter warm-up. We'll talk some baseball from over at the Hyatt Regency, St. Louis at the Arch, and we'll also bring you some feature stories from Cardinals Insider and some new stuff we put together this winter, kind of detailing what it is Cardinals Care does in our community and how they're helping for the betterment of children here in the St. Louis area and across Cardinal Nation. So again, talking baseball and Cardinals care on Facebook Live, 2 p.m. on the 20th and 21st. If you can't catch us live, it'll live on the Cardinals Facebook page and you can watch the archive version then. Thanks so much for joining us. Cardinals Insider, quick hitter here to open up 2019. Hope that you've enjoyed the show. My name's Brett McMillan and this has been the Cardinals Insider Podcast.
It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.